Hey everyone, and welcome to the Body Positive Mum podcast. I'm your host Adele Johnston, and I really hope that you do take away some really awesome, super duper top tips from this podcast. That's what it's been designed for. If you do like it, please make sure that you give me some kind of thumbs up or subscribe just so that I can keep you up to date with any more content that comes your way. And have an awesome day. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Body Positive Mum podcast. Uh, This is going to be quite an interesting one, so I hope we get something really good that comes out of it, some good discussions. Um, Today I'm going to take you through a little bit of an overview on some conversations I've been having this past week or so, Um, probably actually longer than that, but the past week or so it's been quite evident and prominent in my mind. So it's kind of skipped a few episodes to come to you now because I'm interested to hear your opinions as always. Um, So today we're going to talk about imposter syndrome and self-doubt, fear, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to name it. But this kind of area that we sit in where we hit moments of just complete shitting ourselves for want of a better phrase. And that can be, you know, I think a lot of people think about imposter syndrome as being something that you have within a corporate career style environment. I see in kind of inverted commas, if you could see me now. Um, But yeah, it's in life, right? It's not just within a corporate world. It's not just within a career. It's not just within a job or, you know, whether you're self-employed as an entrepreneur. We all experience it in life in general. And it got me really thinking, um, again, I don't plan these episodes I don't write them all out I don't speak to you verbatim this is this is purely just me kind of talking about some topics that are prominent or that people have spoken to me about that I think you know what this would be interesting to get some people's views on and certainly if there's an area that I would deem myself to have a bit of knowledge in or have done a little bit of reading up on then again being able to share that content with you I'm not saying that I'm an expert in this by no means or manner. I have experience personally of this. And what I'd like to do is just have a little bit of a chat through what I've personally experienced and some of the steps that I've taken to try and combat, overcome, deal with, and also kind of use that energy as a positive spin rather than it being negative. So yeah, imposter syndrome is going to be quite an interesting one. And you're actually joining me on my coffee break. So cheers to that. I've just poured a nice Nespresso coffee out the machine. And bonus find, went into the chest freezer in the garage because I had some stuff to put away. And I found a secret little stash of Dobie's freshly made, obviously I've frozen it, cheesecake. It's exciting. This has made my Wednesday afternoon. It is now half past three on the dot. And I'm having coffee and cheesecake with you guys. So cheers to that. So yeah, if you hear me kind of slurping and chomping, that is exactly what we're doing. Please join me. Grab a coffee now. Grab your cheesecake out the freezer. And let's get on with this podcast. So I suppose stripping it right back. And again, like I say, I I don't plan these things. I don't write out a content of we must cover this. There's probably quite a lot afterwards. I'll be like, shit, we should have covered that. But I can put it in the notes, right? We can, we can pick this up at some other point and 
cover off some other areas if you've got questions as well. So yes, please do make sure that if you have questions that you ping them over to me. I don't want to just be this push, push, push content person. I want you guys to engage with me. I want you to ask questions. Again, like I've said, I'm not an expert in these fields, but I've got experience and I'd rather share where I've had some really good learnings or take-homes or experiences myself. I'd rather share that with you all in the hope that even if one of you can go, holy shit, that is like a light bulb moment for me, which has been happening from the past episodes and that is why I do these. That's what this is all about, is those light bulb moments that help you, ladies and gents, run through these episode topics. So I suppose where we could probably, I mean, we can go in so many different tangents and directions with this, but the one that I probably want to talk most about, because this podcast is about that family, that parental, that adult influencer, I keep coming back to that phrase and that statement of being an adult influencer, because to me, this is bigger than just being a parent, all right? I understand that there's probably a few of you listen to this that are not parents yet, or that potentially don't want to be parents, that is cool. That's absolutely cool. But at some point in your life, you're going to have an influence over a child or a younger person, whether that be a brother, a sibling, you know, a sister, a niece, a nephew, a friend's child, somebody, you know, whether you're even a carer um, for children or you have some kind of responsibility that way, you're going to come across this at some point where you're then hopefully going to say, oh yeah, I remember that podcast and this is exactly what I want to do. There's no quick fix for these types of things. And I think with a lot of it, it stems from our own childhood. It stems from what we experienced ourselves as children. So this podcast will always have those underlying messages around the child and children within a family or a adult influencer lifestyle because they watch what we do. Regardless of if you think they're not, they watch what we do. They're very sneaky little things. So yeah, kids, right? Love them, hate them, whatever. They're there, they watch, they listen, they copy. This is how they live life. This is how they understand who they are as a person, is how you know they watch what's going on around them and they'll mimic it. And they'll maybe tweak it slightly and, and you think, Christ almighty, where are they finding these things from? They've seen it at some point, whether it be through media, whether it be through watching adults interact with one another, they watch and they listen and they learn. So imposter syndrome itself, um, I'm not going to go down the route of it within a corporate world. I think, you know, that one, that one's out there, right? That one's evident. We understand that a lot of people will, will cover that off separately, potentially in a different one. But for me, that's not the route I want to take with this. So if you're jumping on this podcast to listen to it from an imposter syndrome as in a corporate environment, this podcast is not for you right now. There's loads of them available on the platforms that you're on right now to get this podcast or even jumping on that amazing free technical solution called Google. And that will give you ample pieces on imposter syndrome within a corporate world because we're not covering that off. We're covering it off in this episode, imposter syndrome as an adult or a parent or an adult influencer, but with a child or children within your kind of downline, if you look at it that way. So again, a lot of people will think of it as 
maybe self-doubt or fear and that's normal all right parenting or being that adult influencer is not an easy role I don't see it as a job all right I see it as a role it's something that I've chosen to do understandably there's some people out there don't choose to do it but then that becomes their role in the life of that child or children now what really really struck me is when I was doing a little bit of research on this this was a while back so these might be out of date figures now but according to Forbes there's around about two-thirds so this will be more corporately um, around about two-thirds of females in the UK suffer from some form of self-doubt fear that inner imposter syndrome that inner devil that completely constantly says you're not able you're not capable that's quite a high number of females within the UK I'd also read that there's around about 70% of millennials of today feel that burden and that kind of I can't do this or I'm not going to be the best person at that or I'm maybe not going to post that Instagram Instagram post because do you know what it's not a picture of me with my ass out and my boobs looking great so I'm probably not going to get as many likes or they post it and then realize that it only got 26 likes when the other one that they posted got 96 so they remove it that is a form of self-doubt fear imposter syndrome whatever you want to call it it's all contained within that wrap-up bubble and I think that again, you know, that 70% of millennials is a very, very significantly high number of people admitting that that's the bubble that they're in right now. And it's all around that social influence of our own self-performance. I hope that makes sense. So I want to strip it right back and I want to hit on what that means in childhood Because if you just take yourselves all right back right now and just start to have a think about a time in your life when you were younger, all right, doesn't matter what age you were, but something that you can remember as a child that has really, really impacted you as an adult. That might be something physically that happened. It might be something that mentally you remember happening or that someone has said to you at some point in your younger years. And I'm just going to tell you a little story about what one of mine is. There's a few, but one of the ones that stuck with me, and it's almost given me that kind of chip on my shoulder that I have learned over the last maybe four or five years to deal with it in a very positive fuel situation. So use it as a positive fuel rather than what I was doing with it. So I'm going to take you back while you start to think about your own, because this is going to really matter as we move through this podcast, I hope for you. Um, So for me, I was never a very academic child. I, don't get me wrong, I wasn't a complete dunce in the class, but I have had to work my ass off to where I've got to with my academia, with learning. You know, it was never a natural thing for me. I've always been an inquisitive person. So as a child, I hear stories from my mum that I would never leave her alone. So her and her best friend, they would have, you know, girly nights in the house and she would never get rid of me. I was the child that just would not switch off at night time. I have two of those right now, by the way. So it's, yeah, karma biting me in the ass tenfold right now with those two. But equally, I'm I'm encouraging it because I can see a lot of myself in my two, my two girls. So I can see that they're learning from all of this. So for me, didn't switch off as a kid, still probably don't, got very 
active imagination. I've always erred on the more creative side of things. So very much love the art side of my brain, the creative side of my brain. I'm not mathematically well endowed. Let's just cover that off. I think I've said this so many times before, but math's not my strong point. Thank F for calculators on the iPhone. Hallelujah. So, yes, I would listen to everything that my mum would talk about. I'd hide behind the, the door in our house when I was growing up. We had a... The kitchen was right next to the living room. And there was a hatch that my dad created so that when we were having like family dinners, my mum could be just passing the dinner plates through the hatch and we'd be sitting in the living room dining area. So I would hide behind the hatch and listen to their conversations. I'd, you know, just be just inquisitive and just nosy and wanting to learn what was going on. So that was my way of my mum not knowing that I was listening, watching, learning from adults around me, taking that adult influence in. So stripping it back to childhood, I was always that inquisitive child. I always liked to learn through watching, learn through how are other people doing things and oh, that's how you do it. And I would never take a step before I knew I could take a step. All right, I was always frightened of failure from a very, very young age. And when I went to high school, that was a massive big leap, all right? I remember this like it was yesterday, but that leap from... Primary seven, so going from primary school, primary seven, up to first year high school was an absolute massive leap for me. And to this day, like I say, I still remember it. I remember the feeling, I remember the kind of the anxiety, the excitement, the kind of overwhelm from it all. And then the realization hit me that this was me for the next six years if I stayed on and done the full six years, which I did. But, you know, that was through a lot of self-encouragement that I did that. But this particular thing has always stuck with me. So I've always worked my ass off at school. I always did, you know, studying in free periods, studying at home, was never naturally gifted like a lot of my friends where they could literally just like research some stuff the night before, do some past papers the night before an exam and go in and ace the exam the next day. My boyfriend at the time was like that and it used to just drive me up the wall. I had to study the whole year. I had to rewrite notes numerous times over and over for those things to stick in my mind. So I remember going to one of these careers event things at the school and I was asked the question, you know, I think they just had to do this to tick a box. Um, So Adele, what do you want to do? And this must have been in third or fourth year. It must have been because I'm sure it was about when you were needing to pick your subjects if you were staying on. And I remember saying to them, clear as day, I want to go to uni and study business with with German. And the careers advisor, no shitting you, turned around to me and said, "Mm, I don't think that that's going to be for you, Adele. College would be a better option. Let's look at getting you an appointment. And I was like a red bull to a rag or a flag, whatever the saying is at that point. Because I thought, one oh my God, I just want to shrivel up and die right now because this person, she is telling me, and I'm not going to name her, but she is telling me that I can't do this. What if I can't? And I started to bring back those whole like, oh my God, maybe she's right. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe maybe uni isn't for me. Maybe, you know, maybe college would be better and I should just look at that. Maybe I've been too ambitious. Maybe I won't get the grades. So that kind of negative Nancy was already in my mind from a very, very young age. But then on the flip side of that, 
I remember going home and thinking, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you to actually sit there and tell me that I can't do something that I really, really want to do? And it gave me the fuel and the burn in my belly to prove a point. So I actually went to university on a proving a point. As much as I said I wanted to do it, I then had the, I'm going to show you that I can do this. And I did go to uni and I got into the uni that I chose to get into. And I did do that degree and I got a 2-1, which I was very, very pleased with. And I walked away with my degree in business studies with German. Not knowing what the hell I was going to do with it, but, you know, it was it was a massive big accomplishment. But the whole way through uni, the whole way through when times got hard, the whole way through when all my friends at uni were out getting drunk and enjoying themselves, which I did. Yes, I did. I had a fantastic student life. I would take equal point parts of that to then say, right, I actually can't get this subject. And I remember failing one of my exams. It was accountancy. No shite and, you know, nothing there, right? There's no um, surprises with that. It was maths. I remember failing it and just being absolutely devastated. So I had to study hard for what I've got. But the whole way through uni, that moment played over in my mind over and over again of me thinking, shit, maybe this wasn't for me. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And here's the point I'm trying to make with all of this. So have hopefully you've got, a, a, maybe that sparked something again for you to think, oh yeah, that something similar happened to me. Or maybe you've thought of something completely different. Regardless of what it was that happened to you as a youngster that then transitioned through into your latter years as an adult, a young adult, into maybe now, into later adulthood. The main thing for me was none of my parents had been to university. So I was the very first one out of kind of, you know, I didn't come from. I was the elder sibling. My brother's younger than me. None of my cousins had been, you know, I was kind of like the first in the family, if you like, the immediate family to go to uni. So I kind of, I absolutely had their support, but I equally kind of had that level of, I'm kind of going in here blind and they never fully appreciated what it involved and what it took for me to get there. But I couldn't have expected them to, right? This was my decision. So I was kind of stepping off into a realm that was a bit unknown there was a few things happened along the way that made me think again along, you know, I'm not going to bore you with them, but along the way where I'm thinking, shit, I've made the wrong decision doing this. I should have went just into work. Um, but that has shaped who I am now. And it's only when you look back at it that you realise that that whole influencing stage of my life came from so many different things and so many different people. My parents being two of them, that careers advisor being another and then other adults throughout my university life and career that I met and, you know, that made things easy, made things difficult. It, it was just life, right? It's that kind of up and down roller coaster that we experience. So childhood plays a massive, massive part on who we are as we grow, the level of self-awareness that we have, the level of self-ability that we have. And that plays a massive, massive reaction and role in that level of self-doubt fear imposter syndrome and I do till this day still suffer from it at times you know there's regular times where you automatically will take that cautious step and think I don't know if this is right I don't know if I can do this 
But then it's about that reaction to that step to then say, I will try it though. I will give it my best and I'll bloody try it. And then you see what happens at the other side. So when we think about even, you know, take it back a step further, when we were babies, when when I think about the kids, my girls, when they were growing, kids learn through failure. They learn through when they first start to crawl and they get so frustrated. And for any of you that have had or, or have young children in your life that are just learning to crawl, it's the funniest thing to watch when they're up on all fours and they're bouncing and they look like a little frog ready to leap. They're bouncing, their bum's going from side to side. Their shoulders are going, their head's going and they go nowhere. And they're frustrated. They're absolutely frustrated. And then one day, they manage to get a little bit further forward, but they fall flat on their face. And they cry and they're upset and it maybe hurt them, but they don't stop. They continue going until they've mastered crawling. The same goes for walking. Again, watching a child learn to walk. For me, at the time when the kids were little, I didn't fully appreciate just how much of an obstacle they were overcoming through failure. They were falling constantly, sometimes worse than others, sometimes on soft surfaces, sometimes on hard. But they still got up and tried again, regardless of how much it hurt them. So that imposter syndrome, self-doubt and fear was never born even a fraction of a percent in their bones, their blood, their body at that point in their lives. That's something that grows with time. That's something that we learn. That's something that we're not born with. We learn that fear, that self-doubt and that imposter syndrome as we grow. And that is through influence. It's for the people around us. If I didn't encourage my girls to stand up and take another step, try again, you know, even when I think back to them riding bikes, you don't pick those things up straight away you do get some nasty falls. And, you know, as a kid, you do. You you break a few bones. With me, it was quite a lot. You scrape plenty of body parts, all right? We've all had those awful scrazies that are just, you know, ridiculously deep. But we get back up and we try again because we're encouraged by our parents, by our friends, by the people around us to go again. But then we become adults And that kind of fear manifests itself and it's just there and we don't know where it came from. And it can just be as simple as someone saying, "Mm, maybe this isn't for you. Oh, actually, yeah, maybe, maybe you shouldn't do that again. You know, you got quite hurt last time. That grows, starts to root itself in our minds and doesn't go anywhere unless we try to work through it. So as children, we're not born with this imposter syndrome, self-doubt or fear. We learn it. It grows as we grow. And it's up to us then, if you think back to what this podcast is about, it's up to us as those adult influencers to keep that encouragement going all the way through those children in our lives. Lives. That level of encouragement. And I'm not meaning bullshitting them. I'm not meaning saying that, oh, you're so good at that when they're clearly not, all right? This is not me saying lie to those children or bullshit them through life because that will equally not do them any favours. This is about that level of, you know, it's almost tough love sometimes and there's sometimes I do think to myself, shit, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way to the kids or maybe I was too hard on Clara for saying, do you know what, darling, sometimes you just have to get back up and try. 
you know, I'm very open and honest with my two. If they, if they do something that's maybe not worked out quite the way it was meant to, or, you know, they fall off a bike or, I'm glad I fell out the bloody trampoline the other day. I'm like, how the hell did you manage that? There's a bloody net round the thing and it was zipped. But she fell out it. Anyway, I think they were probably fighting with each other and whatever, but that's a different story. We've gone off on a squirrel moment tangent. So Clara falls out the trampoline and she's devastated. She's crying. And my kind of answer to that was, well, you've got two options here, babe. You can either go back in there and get back on with it and forget it ever happened because you're fine. Or you can never go back on that trampoline again because it hurt you. You know, these are your two options. What do you want to do? And she's like, we'll get back on it. And I was like, on you go then and forget about it. So rather than create that kind of mammoth that, you know, cries, uh, crying, tears, snotters, whatever, it was very much a straight down the line. This is how you can deal with this. So eight-year-old, maybe that's a bit tough love, but it's just the way that I deal with things. Right or wrong? I don't know. Anyway, that was a tangent. So yeah, we, we don't, we're not born with this, all right? We're not. We learn it. We absolutely learn. We learn it. So as kids, we learn through failure. As adults, we're frightened of failure, so we don't learn through it. So I suppose with our role as being the adult influencer is what I was saying. We're there to encourage them. We're there to encourage them to get back up again and try, because if we never try, we might never fail. And if we never fail, we'll never learn. So again, it's that you have to be able to fail, fail, fail. It's the only way that you're going to learn. So childhood makes and shapes us, really. It makes us the adults that we are today. And it's certainly, for me, talking from my own personal experience, because that's all I know right now, it's certainly done that for me. And it's only now that I'm 35 that I reflect back on that teenager Adele in high school who didn't have the easiest of times and you know there's there's kind of a lot that went on that shapes who I am today and shapes the person that I am when I respond to shitty things that happen in life and the perspective that I have on things and for me happiness is a number one priority in everything that I do I don't chase anything other than just being genuinely authentically happy But that imposter syndrome is still very so ingrained in me because of what happened in earlier years of my life. And it still manifests itself in things. It manifests itself in my corporate career. It manifests itself in my personal career, in my learning, in everything that I do, in my parenting. It manifests itself pretty much on a daily basis in just simple little things. But what I've learned to do is I've learned to acknowledge it and I've learned to understand how best to combat that and to put it to bed, basically. So one of the things that I've worked through is the word prove. What am I trying to prove to who? Because at the end of the day, I tried for so many years to prove that I was the capable, worthy person of going to university. And it made me quite angry inside And that didn't create a nice environment then for me personally. You know, it was very resentful the whole way through uni in certain times. When things got hard, it was then reverting back to maybe that person was right. So who was I proving it to? And at the end of it, I realized that that was me. It was me I was proving it to and it should never, ever be anybody else. 
So that was a huge thing for me is who and well, what am I trying to prove to who? Because it should never be anybody other than myself. So I suppose with that, it's like this whole kind of on that treadmill of pursuit. It's like, where do you want to go with this? And who are you trying to prove anything to? Because as soon as you hit into that realm, that's where it becomes almost a bit of an aggressive attack. That's when imposter syndrome, self-doubt and fear transition and manifest themselves is when you're doing it for someone other than you. That may be apparent. A lot of us fall into that trap of trying to make our parents believe in us, of trying to prove to our parents that we are good people, that we're worthy people, that we're successful people, you know, that we're doing our best. And a lot of the time that can come with its own level of judgment and its own level of negativity. But I think what I've then realised over the years, and yes, I've faced all of this, I've then realised over the years that it's only ever myself and now that I'm a mum, my children, that I'm doing this for. And I owe it to them to be the best version of me because that's what they're watching, that's what they're learning from. So if I can't be a true authentic version of me for myself, they will never be a true authentic version of them for themselves. And that is a massive message that I've taught myself through parenthood as I've been understanding my own kind of self-limiting beliefs, doubts, fears. If I show that to the girls, which is sometimes it's healthy, they have to understand that we do have these level of fears in us, but it's how we respond to them that matters. So yeah, I involve them in a lot of decisions. I, I tell them when I'm a little bit anxious on things and you know, I'll show that to them, but then I'll say, but it's okay because mum's going to do this. Or do you know what? It's okay to be a little bit frightened sometimes, but as long as you do X, Y, Z, or you've got, you know, your cheerleaders, I talk about this a lot with them, um, because as they grow, they're going to go through friendships that exist and go, friendships that stay forever. I think for them, it's understanding that level of connect, of being authentically themselves and not falling into that trap of, you know, being something they're not really, you know, just to say it out kind of black and white, being their true self is what I absolutely implore them to do with their lives. Whether that's, you know, when Clara was little, it's the cutest thing. I still revert back to it. Me and Sean laugh about it all the time, but it's the cutest thing ever. When you ask them, you know, what do you want to do when you're bigger? When you're like mummy's age, what do you want to do? And Shannon had said, I, I think I want to do something with animals, mummy. I maybe want to be like a vet or something like that. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, and it, all I'd said was, okay. There was no like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Or, you know, it was just, okay. And then with Clara, I asked the same question. And she said that she wanted to be a window cleaner. And again, it was very much a, okay, no, that's fine. You know, and I think this is it. Is if, if she came to me and said, mom, I want to be a window cleaner because that's what makes me happy then I would absolutely give her a massive hug and say, that's what life is about. Happiness and living your true authentic self. Full stop. End of speech. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, you know where I'm getting to with it. I think that we can as parents, so reading it back in to the core message, we can as parents try to overtake and we try to control and we forget to understand 
that these little people are unique, but that they learn from us. They learn from who we are, from what we do, from what we eat, from how we act, the words we use, the things we wear. They learn from that. That's what makes them them. So we need to be there to understand that at times where they break off into that, you know, finding their own fashion and they maybe come down the stairs and you think, Jesus Christ, what are you wearing? You can't say that to them. This is them finding who they are and being their unique, authentic self. And we are there as their parents, as their adult influencers, as their guardian to encourage them to be them, not anything else, not a small version of us, but to be them. So if we continuously explore and allow self-doubt, imposter syndrome, self-limiting beliefs, fear in who we are and what we're capable of doing to manifest itself and to grow and continuously on a daily basis show its ugly self, our children will learn to know that and grow with it, to think that that's normal. So it's about us being aware. You know, as much as I've spoken previously about mindful eating and being mindful of our food, this is like another section, another chapter of that story, another chapter of that book where we've almost gone from, it's still within that mental mindset world, but rather than being that physical product that we hold and consume, this becomes that mental product of our own selves, of how we show who we are and what we do to then work with it. And yes, at times it's bloody difficult and we have those little devils in our minds, but it's about us being able to say, wait a minute, boom, bell rings. I've had my five minute pity party in my head where I've went, oh, I can't do it. There's no way I can do this. Oh, I'm going to fucking fail. This is not going to work, blah, blah, blah. And then you click your fingers. I'm shit at doing it. Listen, click your fingers. Done. Pity party over over now. What am I actually doing? Tangible steps that I'm doing to make this work now because it's happening. I am posting my very first advert. I am going to do my very first live on Facebook or Instagram or my Instagram TV or I've never done a story on Instagram stories but you know what I'm three two one and I'm doing it I'm three two one and I'm live I'm three two one and I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to talk about but I'm doing it I'm just saying hi I'm talking to them about my day I'm three two one and I'm launching a podcast that's how this was born I've been wanting to do one of these for so long but I've not known whether I was going to be good enough at it I didn't know what I wanted to talk about didn't know what the podcast was meant to be on and then it was a light bulb moment that just came to me last week or the week before now I think it was the week before actually where I just went do you know what let's just download Anchor and let's just play with it Three, two, one, podcast don't script it don't edit it just record it and post it let it be authentically you so this is me posting my authentic self opening up you know kind of wounds exposed I'll be open and, and honest with you guys as my audience whether it's one of you listening to me or whether it's a million of you listening to me I'll be open and honest on these topics and like I said at the start I'm no imposter syndrome self-limiting belief or self-doubt or fear specialist or expert but I've suffered from it I do suffer from it but I also cope with it deal with it and overcome it on a daily basis as both a 
corporate worker, an entrepreneur and business owner, and a mum, a parent, a wife, a, a woman in her 35s, 30s, 35, living in a world that is very heavily available on, on social media. And I didn't grow up with all of that. If you think back to when I was a teenager, none of this was around. This is all quite new to me, but it's not new to my kids. They're growing up in this world now and it's super exciting. I want them to learn to just expose who they are to the world rather than feel that they have to be a clone. That conformity, you know, that word conform. It's like, no, fuck that. Sorry, language. Um, So yeah, I think that's kind of, I feel as if that's the main points that I wanted to make with this. I don't think that there's anything that I've particularly missed out. Um, But like everything, I want to finish the podcast today rather than having just given you kind of a a rundown of my childhood and my own experiences of it with a little bit of info chucked in there. I want to give you probably two of my top tips for taking away. And these were things that I thought, I want to give you something tangible to take away at the end of every episode. Something that is either an action or a suggestion, a recommendation. And these ones are two of my top tips on how I have personally dealt with my own imposter syndrome and still do you know on a daily basis if I have something that crops up this is how I deal with it so number one I surround myself with influence all right number one I surround myself with influence now that influence is in the form of so many different things it can be an item it can be you know for example let me just give you an example of that so an item Because I do a lot of meetings on a daily basis with my corporate job, I have made sure that rather than just having a plain, boring-ass A4 pad of paper, I've went to TK Maxx, my favourite shop, and I've bought myself some influencing notepads. And those are just, you know, it could be that it's got an image on it that I like, or it's, you know, the feel of it, or the colour of it, or for some of them it's slogans or words on them. And that to me is something that really sparks, you know, kind of that inner, I'm capable, this is me, you know, I'm, I'm feeling positive. So as soon as I see that, it's that kind of subliminal message behind that image, that object that says to me, this is your influence, Adele, use it, feed from it, learn from it and grow. So that is number one. So surround with influence as an object or within people or a person or a group. And that might be across your social media platforms. So again, making sure that the feeds that you choose your time, your precious time to go in and view, is actually filled with things you want and enjoy looking at, learning from. That's a huge thing. Or if you're not learning from what you're consuming, ditch it. If the people that you're consuming are not giving you that level of influence, as in, fuck, they've really nailed their game. They're, you know a kind of person that I look up to that motivates me, that really gets my kind of fire ignited, ditch them. This is just my personal, this is how I roll, all right? So that level of influence needs to be there across your day-to-day life. And it could be in an object or a person or a group of people across social, but it can also then be physical. So again, if you've got someone in your life that you really, really enjoy either having conversations with, debates with, coffee with, then see them regularly. Set up even if it's just a 10 minute catch up over lunch 
on a FaceTime, whatever. Voice notes, whatever. This is your influence. So clear out the negative vibers and bring in your positive influence. And number two, I have worked very hard doing this and I still would say on some days it's maybe not 100% there, but I've shred a lot of my armour and that's taken a while for me to do. Um, And the reason I say it with that tone and that kind of, you know, getting a little bit uncomfortable sharing this part is because I suppose, again, you know, stripping it right back to childhood, we learn to protect ourselves through times when they're tough. And for me, putting on that external armour has always been my way of dealing with just keeping the inside of me feeling happy and safe. Okay, so that I suppose, yeah, safe, safe's a good word. So I've learned over the last few years, more so becoming a parent and being aware of how I was, that I needed to shred my armour a lot more and show my true self to myself. So it's only been the last few years that I've really learned who I am as a person. And that's then enabled me to look at, right, what do I want as my influence? Who do I want to grow around? Who do I want to surround myself with that are going to help me with my goals and achieving my why? So connecting deeply with what I want. And that is my central why. So shredding your armor and allowing yourself, your true authentic you to come through. You need to be able to do that. Otherwise, this imposter syndrome piece, this adult influencer piece, this, you know, helping those children to learn to grow into who they truly are will not happen. But imposter syndrome will. And that will take over and consume a lot of what you do because you're never being your true authentic self. So shred that armor. Surround yourself with that influence. Those are probably my top two. I feel as if there's another one. I feel as if there's another one. Oh, happiness. Strive for happiness in everything you do and you will never be disappointed. So for me, I used to follow a lot more about, right, I really need to have this, this and this in place to make sure that I feel successful or I need to have this person as a mentor or I need to be able to do X, Y and Z without having to refer to textbooks or, you know, my notes. I need to just know this. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. So instead... I then started to tell myself, Adele, as long as you're happy doing what you do, then isn't that enough? Being happy has surprisingly opened up so many doors for me, both professionally, but also in my kind of social circles, with friends, with family, with my kids. You know, I suppose once I was a happier person, it's true what they say, a happy mum, a happy child. And it's just amazing how, and equally emotionally upsetting, how much I didn't notice that and know that when the kids were younger. So yeah, so I'd say three, three top tips. Surround yourself with influence, shred your armour and strive for happiness. That's it. I really hope this has been an interesting, thought-provoking podcast episode for you imposter syndrome is a massive massive world even if you jump on google and just pop that you know tell me more about imposter syndrome you will have so many articles and finds that come up on there 
There's a lot of information out there on it. If you have found this useful, then like I say, I'm not an expert in it. But what I want to do is make sure that I bring you guys factual, evidence-based information. Boom. So if you've found it useful, let me know. In any of my forms of communication, you can reach me on adele.johnston at me.com. You can drop me a private message across any of my social media platforms, across Facebook, across Instagram. You can drop me whatever. You can leave a voice note on the podcast. You can leave a comment on the podcast, whatever, whatever is easiest for you. If you do want to know more about this or you're maybe just genuinely interested about maybe a, a point of the topic we discussed, then please do leave a note or a question because I do actually know a couple of really badass people who have expert knowledge on these types of things. So I'd be more than happy to invite them on to the podcast and give us some really good evidence practitioner-based stuff, which I think would hopefully then build on this and give you guys a bit more um, takeaway. You know, their top tips are probably going to be super in line with what I've said, but because I've learned from them, right? But I think then, yeah, if there's anything else that you want to hear about, then absolutely do hit me up, let me know, and we will absolutely make that happen. But for the time being, I would really appreciate it if you could give me a rating. You'll see that there is the star rating. Obviously, I appreciate a five-star review. All of us would. But I'd be interested in you leaving a review or a comment if you have enjoyed listening. That's how I know what content you like and what more content to produce. So let me know. Equally, if there's anything in particular that you want covered that hasn't been covered yet on any of the episodes so far, then please do get in touch. And until the next episode, have an absolutely fabulous day and go forth without fear, fuck self-doubt and imposter syndrome and be that true, authentic you.